0: This conference is being recorded.
1: All righty. Welcome to the Wednesday evening, August the 26th of the grand year 2009. Tonight is the Dream, the Biggest Dream teleconference. And before I do the official introduction of our special guest tonight, which I am very, very excited about, I have to tell you you chose a good call to be on tonight or possibly you chose a good call to listen to off of iTunes. Always a pleasure to have you join us. Um, just a little update. Uh, next week we will not have a call. I will be out at Burning Man. and. Uh, very exciting year this year at Burning Man, and I have to tell you, it always brings up, well for me, I, I go with some, some very set intentions, and I'm so pleased to have a special guest on the call tonight, because I have got to tell you, the emotional stuff that has been coming up for me this week, at times, has absolutely stopped me in my tracks. Now, I know that that is symbolic of the incredible growth opportunity that that uh, awaits me out there at Burning Man. Um, just a little flavor of uh, some of the things that will go on this year, I was fortunate enough to get some of my father's ashes. He passed away in April, FedEx to me, they arrived today. I've got uh, some ashes from my dog, Delilah who transitioned in February. And one of the things I've been realizing this week is, or last week and this week, sometimes we think we're in alignment and we've done the work we need to do with certain events in our life. And I have to tell you I've had three main uh, experiences this year that um, certainly have rocked my world. My father transitioned, my dog transitioned, and my marriage transitioned. So um going to be a big week for me out there. Look for an announcement about the um, September the 9th uh, will be our next call. So now that we got that out of the way. A little bit of housekeeping. We'll jump right into tonight. We have a very special guest. Um, you know, the whole Facebook thing opens up the door to so many connections and friendships that would be. I'm not saying the universe wouldn't connect us anyway, but um, boy, the Facebook thing sure makes it a lot easier. And our our guest tonight. Um, I connected with on Facebook. Uh, we have a mutual friend. Um, and actually our mutual friend has been a guest on this call also. But uh, our guest tonight is – I just love reading about her and, and hearing everything that she does. Her name is Daya Debbie Doolin. She's an author of several motivational self-growth books for adults and children. She's director of the Doolin Healing Sanctuary in Deltona, Florida since 1989, co-founder with her husband, Chris. And now here's where we start the laundry list of all that she does and has accomplished. Reiki master, teacher, spiritual counselor, she's also known as the thought doctor. Dr. Dream loves this. She's a musician, a songwriter, a recording artist under the duo name of AKA Level 7 and that's uh, she and her husband do that. National presenter and speaker on power of thought, motivational speaker and holistic healer. Well, I'll tell you that if like energy attracts like energy and it does. This is very validating for me and my universe, and I am so honored to be connected to this woman. Tonight's topic is The Secret Realm of Prosperity and Abundance, and I just want to read this one quote because those of you that have been on the Dream the Biggest Dream calls, those of you that know me, have been to workshop or seminar, realize that this quote could have come right out of our material but it came out of uh, one of Daya's books. It is believing that you lack health, abundance, and beauty tells the universe to keep supplying you your truth even though it's a personal lie to help you know that what you believe in is the truth. You never reach the mountaintop because you believe in your lack so strongly. You make it real for yourself even though it's an illusion it's time to give up your illusions. Well, my friends, it's my absolute pleasure to present to you Daya Devi Doolin.
2: Hi, everyone. I'm very uh, honored and thankful to be here and share with with you all. And I welcome you to write down your, uh, I invite you to write down your questions if you have any. And uh, we'll hopefully get to them before the, the teleconference is over, and um, I would like you to know that we're planning a brief meditation afterwards, um, after I finish sharing, and uh, I believe it's a very powerful one. I've used it myself in my life, and uh, I'm very glad to share it with you. There are two, I have a part one and a part two in my book, The Only Way Out is in the Secrets of the Fourteen Realms to Love, Happiness, and Success. And I have some excerpts that I'll share and uh, do some explaining about different points that uh, I go over. Now, tithing is very, very, very important in my universe. And um, I think if... During this time in America's history, I think if people were to gravitate more to this uh, prosperity secret, they would find things would work out a lot easier and effortless for them, and they would find a, a better way for themselves. When you're tithing, you are basically aligning yourself with universal truth and the truth being that God is our source and supply. When we forget that, then we think, oh, we can manage things all on our own, and we don't need any interference, we don't need to connect, we don't need to align with the God principle or the God law of what prosperity and abundance is all about. When we think that we're... um, When we're holding the consciousness, let me put it that way, that we are in lack of anything, lack of friends, lack of shelter, lack of um, food, lack of a job, whatever it is we think we're uh, lacking, this will be substantiated by the universe because the universe wants us to believe and know that it supports everything we believe in, we focus on. So we have to maybe take another stand or another look at what tithing is all about and how it it's very helpful for us. When we tithe, we're taking one-tenth of our income, one-tenth of our uh, resources, and we are giving that basically back to God. There's another part of this also we want to uh, talk about and so I'll do that later. But trusting, trusting that God will provide and take care of us. And you can use the word universal mind or spirit or creative source, uh, whatever you choose. But when we trust that we will be taken care of and believe and know that we will be taken care of no matter what
0: doors that we have no idea open for us by trusting
2: I learned about tithing when I was young I went to uh, uh, the Baptist Church in Philadelphia which is where I grew up I grew up in Philly and so tithing of course was a big thing in the church I no one ever taught anyone in the church what tithing meant what it was all about and what was the purpose um, when I when I would tithe, I would just put in as little as I could, just to make it look like I was putting something in, <laughs> no matter what it was. <laughs> just to, you know how uh, you know you think people are watching you and looking at you and judging you. So uh, I was only like um, somewhere between fifteen, sixteen, seventeen when I was putting the money in the the basket that would come around. And it would be money that my mother had given each one of us. She'd give us like a dollar, fifty cents, or change, or whatever she could afford, because she was a single parent, and uh, it was very hard. It wasn't until I, it wasn't until I learned, until uh, um, I was, um, I think about thirty, thirty-one, thirty-two, when I started learning the real meaning of tithing, and I learned that when you trust the universe, when you trust God to provide everything for you, then um, when you give, you're giving because you know you have and you know you will have more when you do give. When you or we, when we close our hands to the ebb and flow of the universe when we try to hold on tight to what we think we have and we won't get any more, The universe has a way, a very natural way,
0: of voluntarily helping you to remove, you know, to to have a
2: share in, in in the flow of the universe. So, for example, if you don't give freely, it will be taken from you, and it will be freely, too, by the universe. And what I mean is you may find that you have an accident which involves thousands and thousands of dollars that you have to pay because you didn't have insurance or it may be that um, you have to go to the hospital because of that accident it could be something you know small minor or whatever but if you decide in your heart that you don't have and you don't want to give it will be taken some way or somehow through the universal natural flow of, of energy exchange of energy so I just suggest to people that they do it voluntarily and lovingly and have the intention when they give one tenth to and I'll go into this to whomever uh that you do it joyfully and with gratitude now the minister I thought the minister was taking the money and I don't know doing what with it, but uh I just knew the minister was taking taking the money and I didn't see any results of what was happening with all the money. And the church had about 500 people, it was a pretty huge amount. So I went back, I'll just digress a little bit, I went back to the church after being away for about 15 years and I saw that they still had no air conditioning, I saw that they still had the same two feet by two feet bathroom stalls for the ladies room for 500 people. Uh, Of course, it wasn't all women, you know, um, but the bathroom stalls had never changed in the 15, 20 years that I was away from it. And uh, when heavier people would try to go in there, it was very difficult because it really was, like I said, two feet by two feet. (laughs) And um, so, uh, you know, I was wondering, well, where was the money going? So I found out through books written by uh, Catherine Ponder, who we had we had been to my husband and I had been to a bookstore in Cambridge or Philadelphia, one of those places, and one of her books literally fell off the shelf and hit his his toes. So he picked <laughs> it up and we started um, reading it, and we'd read it. We go to this bookstore and read it together. Well, we found out about uh, Abraham being one of the first millionaires in the Bible. And it was so because he tithed one tenth of his um crops, his his income, whatever however the the money was, uh, the energy of the money was um shared first to his mentor. And his mentor was Melchizedek. And you'll find out more about that in Hebrew seven and also in Genesis if you wanna go look uh, look into it. But Melchizedek was his mentor, his teacher, his spiritual teacher. So I've learned that you do not have to, churches, churches are, if they're offering you spiritual growth, they're guiding you in your spiritual learning uh, about yourself, who you are, what you're doing here, your purpose, uh, problems, how to overcome problems. If someone is doing that, or a church, they're your mentor. And so that would be the person or the organization that would receive one tenth of your income, and you do it with uh like I said before, with pure intention and pure love and if you um if you give your time, then that's what you'll get more of a tenth of your time you'll get more of that if you give a tenth of your income, you'll get you'll get more of that, too. I mean, it'll just be uh, tripled and quadrupled and more than you could um, even think or imagine that was necessary for you. So I learned that it's really a a necessary part of life, and I just want to reiterate that going along and thinking that you don't have and you can't afford to tithe, it's it's a... it's a pretty big mistaken uh thought or consciousness or awareness to think that I don't have the money so I can't tithe, even if you get an unemployment check. I've said you can tithe one tenth of that now there's a there's a a common knowledge I think of millionaires um
0: and that is you cannot. You cannot be in
2: the in the in the uh, abundance arena of where you are if you are not giving as well as tithing, and you're not taking a portion of your income for yourself. And they always stress, like the Babylonians, the richest uh, of the Babylonians. They always knew that I will take um, one tenth of the I will take the first portion of my income, which is one tenth and I will serve myself first, and uh, of course God is uh, above that, but after that, the one-tenth will go to yourself first, and you'll feel, you'll just feel so empowered giving yourself permission to make sure that you're taken care of first, and then you take the second tenth, and you if you have debtors, then you joyfully say, it is with my honor uh, to pay you what I owe you, and you divide the two-tenths up into all the debtors that you might have, and then you keep going down the third-tenth uh, <clears throat> or seven-tenths or six-tenths, we'll go for your shelter and your insurance and your wife if you're married uh, to you know someone, uh, or to your family or your kids or whatever. So. Everything is covered once you claim that um, i I deserve a part of all I earn or a part of all I earn is mine to keep keep that in your mind, and we're going to go through this uh in a meditation afterwards when we get cleared up here. Um, I would like to add that if if you're in a lack of consciousness whether it's lack of friends or lack of money or lack of a job, as I said before, if you're in a lack consciousness, you have to discontinue focusing on lack if that is what you no longer wish to produce. you can't. I'm sure you've heard that you can't grow um, apples from a peach tree or uh, a, a turnip tree doesn't produce such and such but turnips. So you cannot grow abundance with the belief in having a lack consciousness. The universe just doesn't work that way. The universal law and the law of attraction does not work that way. The way it works is whatever we perceive to be true, whether it's erroneous or not, uh, it is true. The universe is aligning with us, agreeing with us,
3: uh,
2: supplying us the, the truth that we think is real, and what we think is real is picked up by the universe, by the frequency of the of the vibrational thoughts and um, you just reap what you sow, basically, as James Allen says, you reap what you sow, you reap whatever you think, that is what's manifested to us it's very easy and the reason why I know this is because I my husband and I were homeless, uh, for a while back in, uh, 79, and it was because we had saved up our rent money and had put it away in a, in a room, in a little cup, and, um, the story is in my book, but, uh, basically it was stolen by someone we knew, and we knew they stole it, but they claimed they didn't, so that was our rent money, and our rent money was now gone, and, uh. We had contemplated buying a a VW van with the money. It was a used van. And so that fell through because of the money being taken. So we had no place to live. And we would always be thankful every day for whatever we got. And as Mark has said, we are musicians, and we met each other playing music on the streets. So we would make sure no matter how much was given to us in the day, it might be eight dollars, it might be four fifty, it might be nine uh, on a good day, people passing by, throwing money in our cases we would always make sure that we had a dollar ninety-nine cents saved for each one of us and that goes back to a part of what I earn is mine to keep Well the diner that we would go to for breakfast because we had no place to live like I said would charge a dollar ninety-nine cents for toast and hash browns and two eggs and so um, we always made sure we had money for that because that would keep us going for the whole day and um, when we were able to tithe and we tithe to Going back to Catherine Ponder, we were tied to her um, Worldwide Unity Church, and we still do to this day. Uh, she is one of the people and organizations that we tithe to. And when I wrote this book, I asked her permission to uh, use a quote of hers, which she graciously said yes. So that's in, you'll find that in The Only Way Out is in as well. Just such a gracious lady, and she's—I believe she's something like 82 years old now. Uh, I might have the the date, the year wrong, but she's um, she's just been a, a dear human being to thousands and thousands and thousands of people. I like to let people know that, and
0: a lot of people don't realize that. Their word is substance, meaning that their word is
2: flesh, and you read that in Genesis also. Our word is a gift that God has given us so that we can establish and create all that we wish to create, all that's good, uh, and anything we think is good, like I said, whether it is good in in the reality of things, uh, it is. It is what it is so our word is our substance and it's for it uh, to spring our thoughts into manifestation into action and into results and we must discontinue believing in lack if we wish to change our outer world we have to just dis- dis- just discontinue focusing on lack if we no longer want that to be produced in our lives. We cannot grow abundance. We cannot grow prosperity with the belief in lack consciousness. So I suggest that people, uh, when I talk with them or um, counseling them, that they they pick out a chair that is in a quiet space in their home or the room or whatever, and to sit in the seat of abundance or to sit in the seat of receptivity or to sit uh, in your car uh, and know that your car is abundant, to sit in the car seat of abundance or to have um, your wallet or your checkbook in the seat of receptivity or the seat of abundance. And just with
0: total awareness, total quietness, total Uh, Oneness
2: with the seat of abundance as you sit in it. Just see how you feel and see what you notice about yourself and see what comes to you and have your palms up in a receptive mode to the universe and a, a, a grateful heart as you sit in the seat of abundance. And as you sit there, there are two very powerful words
0: that you can hold and these two words are I am I am I am
2: and the two powerful words are our gift as well as our word being our gift our inherited gift from spirit and we learn that whatever word we put after those two powerful words has to stand and manifest for us. So for example, if you wanna put the word sick, I am sick, add it to those two words, then that has to stand because you have claimed it or someone has claimed it
0: um, and it shall be manifested unto us as such. If I put I am well
2: in my statement of, of statements as I'm sitting in the seat of abundance, then I am well. I know in consciousness that I am. Then that shall be provided to me as the truth of what I believe. And everything that we put our I am to is manifested to us by the universe. The universe, I sometimes say, is our genie. Sometimes I say is uh, our universal manager. Sometimes I just say, uh, it's God. You know, I use the the word God or yad heh vad he. Um, But the universe knows what I'm talking about, knows what I'm thinking, knows what I'm aware of. And it never, never, never judges what we know to be truth or untruth or a personal lie. Never judges what we're thinking. There's no right or wrong it just everything just is. So we're the ones that judge what we think. And and uh when we judge what we think we have the choice to decide, well, is this a good thought? Do I feel good about this? Or does it make me does this thought make me feel uncomfortable? Does it make me feel bad? Does it make me feel happy? Does it make me feel sad? Whatever. Whatever makes you feel good about that thought then that that stands as it is, and you want to stay away from the the level of consciousness that brings you down, and and the words that bring you down, or I am depressed, or I need um, I need this to make me happy, or I need that to make me happy, or to feel good, or I need to eat this to make me such and such and such and such or I am poor, or I am lonely, I'm angry all the time, I'm weak. We just need to claim something differently if it's not making uh, our life better. If what we're thinking, we have to realize that what we're thinking, we have to really want it to manifest in our life. Whatever we're focusing on, the emotion, like I said, or the belief, whatever we are holding as truth, it will be created for us. And the universe just matches up the vibrational thought with ours that says, yes, you're right, you're absolutely correct. And so here's more of it for you. So a lot of times people harbor hatred towards themselves because they're in a uh, a lack consciousness, of poverty, or um, a lack of a job. They feel a lot of hatred and anger, sometimes at God even, or the situation. And you cannot expect to be removed from that situation until you change your perception. Until you really see that that's not working for you and decide to find a better way. You have to focus your thoughts and your feelings and emotions and belief on the new life experiences you desire to see. And I have many examples of these principles that I'm talking about in my book and how I've used them in my life and how I've gone from uh, living under parked cars or living in uh, abandoned, condemned buildings or living under the boardwalks in Atlantic City. I, Chris and I had to together which we we just gravitated to each other first when we first met uh... we just had to do the faith i say the faith thing we had to stay faithful and truthful that god was going to provide for us daily and so it was and so it was as we claimed and proclaimed if we had claimed anything else other than what we just what i just said then, no doubt, we would still be living the way we were living; God has placed desires in our hearts, and it's for a reason it's so that we can see and know the divine good that is there for us, and when we change our perception about ourselves, change our our ourselves from living in a doubt. Realm, living in a a disbelief realm to no excuses and no buts, then our life sees a better energy, a better way, and a better perception about ourselves and people. There's a story, there's a book, there's a story in this particular book. I don't recall how I got my hands on it, but it's called The Richest Man in Babylon. And Robert S. Klassen, C-L-A-S-O-N, is the author of this book, and a lot of millionaires will tell you that they've read this book. One of the stories is about Kobe and Bashir, and they were very, very poor. They were not destitute in the sense that they weren't living on the streets, but they were very poor. Their wives had no beautiful clothes, and they would eat porridge every day, and goat cheese and that would be it and they wanted more for themselves and so they were busy complaining to each other well complaining to you to your friend about being poor does not help you to become anything else other than poor unless of course you have like I said earlier a mentor that's going to help you develop spiritually well they saw this man who was the richest man in Babylon at that time and his name was Arcad and they wanted to know um how he became rich and why how how this how come he had so much money all the time so they decided even though they didn't want to they did they would, they would ask him so they asked him and he told them the story about how he was uh actually he he was very well off at, at one point and then he started going beyond his means, and he couldn't pay his debtors. So his debtors, one of his debtors, um, in order to get service or uh, compensated for the things that he bought from him, uh, turned him into a slave and had him as a slave. And so for many years, he was a slave to one of the debtors. So he um, eventually... uh, through through prayer and through faith and belief and things could be better, he was released. And he taught them about what's called the seven cures of uh, poverty. And he also taught them one of the, thing, the key things that got him out of poverty was that he took one-tenth of his earnings when he started working on his own. He took one-tenth of his earnings and he... Uh, gave it to a mentor and he also took one tenth for himself paid himself first after uh, tithing to God's work and uh, he divided the uh, the rest to his debtors and he was free of debt in no short time and so he shared our kids shared what he did and the secrets that he followed and learned to uh, Kobe and Bashir and soon they became just I wouldn't say just as rich but soon they became uh, they had beautiful clothes for their wives that they could buy and they no longer had debt that they had to pay they no longer had debtors and they just felt so much better knowing that out of what I earn I
0: pay myself first one-tenth and it brought such Prosperity and um
2: abundance to them following these uh principles these their universal principles, and so um I learned going back to the Baptist church that uh the church wasn't necessarily and I can't say for sure, but in my opinion they oh. were not tithing, and so they were never growing the church was uh falling apart being run down and uh, I could just see the difference you know uh, in people who people who were tithing and people who weren't so why tithe we tithe because it's a universal prosperity law and it's practiced throughout it's been practiced throughout centuries as a method of prospering people on a permanent basis and as a method of saying to God, I trust that you will provide for me, no matter how much money I have. And how little you tithe does not matter. It's, it's again, our intention behind the tithe. Tithing is a, a, considered a magic number of increase, and it's been utilized, like I said, by millions and millions of um millionaires from the past. And I've I have found out through my reading, I won't say research, but my reading that J C Penney's was a an early tither, uh, people like um the head of the Heinz company. And, you know, you can look and find out on your own who, um how these people or how these companies became rich when They started with nothing, very little. So we have to remember that, and and, uh, A Course in Miracles is a a very good reminder about uh, giving and having. And that is, as you give, so are you giving to yourself. And once you realize that, you lose nothing when you give. You, You lose nothing when you trust.
0: And so you're... Provided at all times for everything that you need.
2: When we tithe, also we prosper. And no matter, like I said, how little you have to tithe, you prosper freely and effortlessly. The universe is always uh, drawing in and pouring out unto us our divine good. But if we want to keep our hands closed and say, we don't have enough, Um, I can't even pay my light bill, blah, 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 then something else happens to prove to you that you cannot pay, that you cannot give, and you might regret that you didn't. So when you're willing to release and to receive the good that there is for you, then you'll be... um, Experiencing the better life that you want to have. Okay. Now, I'd like to just take you through a a very short meditation, if you would, if we can do that, Mark.
1: Mm -hmm. Absolutely.
2: Do we have time to do that? Okay. Yeah, we do. Okay. I'd like you to take these words, and and these are going to be um, it's going to be a cup a, a symbolic cup for you to develop into the prosperity and abundance realm that you desire and know that is possible to be in so I'd like you to close your eyes place your feet on the floor and we're going to be sitting in the seat of abundance and prosperity right now so let's do that and breathe in nice and deeply and calm ourselves down if we're not already calm and breathe out through your nose one more breath in and out and I'm going to repeat some words I'd like you to repeat them to yourself as well
0: money flows to me and from me, easily and effortlessly. Money flows to me and from me, easily and effortlessly. Breathe in, money flows to me and from me, easily and effortlessly. And while we're sitting in the seat of abundance, I'd like you to repeat to yourself, a part of all I earn is mine to keep. A part of all I earn is mine to keep. A part of all I earn is mine to keep. And promise yourself that before you go to sleep
2: tonight you will repeat this three times and promise yourself if it feels right you repeat this in the morning when you wake and at noon before lunch
0: and in the evening before supper three times a part of all I earn is mine to keep
2: And promise yourself that you if you do not tithe now that you will begin to do so Regardless of how little it
0: seems. It will not seem little to the universe
2: Okay, mark do you have any comments or uh, questions that you want to share or ask? You
1: know um I'm so touched by what you shared tonight and uh, your story. I cannot wait to read your book. Um, I really, um, you know, I had tapped into your energy uh, when we connected online and when you've been on this call. Um, But um, I thought I was really honored at the beginning of the call to have you on the call and I realize now as as we uh will open up the call in a minute to everyone else that um that it's it's uh, a very deep, a uh, very true honor um to have you share this with us and your energy tonight and I'm just uh tremendously grateful and uh there were some reminders in all this that uh that I personally needed, and um, I thank you for that. So what I would like to do now is go ahead and um, unmute the lines so people can ask uh, some questions or make some comments, and um, we'll go ahead and do that. Hold on one sec. The lines are unmuted, so anyone that has a uh, question, needs a little clarity or anything or a comment uh, for Daya, this would be your opportunity.
0: Since we're being so quiet, I'd just like to thank you for your story. It was the emotion and the experience. It was very valid. and and very opening to see your story and the universal principles put together. So thank you so much.
2: Mm-hmm. You're very welcome. I'm glad you're here with us.
1: Anybody else? Um,
4: this is Allison. it's just a quick question. Um, I, first of all, I'm just really Grateful um for your presence and sharing what you did and your spirit of authenticity with that. Um, for me, you know, I grew up in in a very strict religious background, and tithing was so pounded into our head and I guess it's a twofold question is um, you know understanding. Um, very similar background to tithing and what I witnessed to what you shared. What were some, and maybe you've already answered that, but what were some ways that you got moved through experiencing what you saw versus what you really, um, you know, what your heart did in giving? And then the other part of this, too, is, you know... Um, for me personally, I don't have a, a church that I go to on a regular basis. Um, I go to a new church every once in a while, and and um, I don't really have a place to to tithe. So, what would be something that you might suggest as far as like giving back to the community in that way?
2: Well. Uh the giving part, like I was mentioning, is, is fine, it's good, and it's necessary in some parts uh, of our lives, but that that will not bring the abundance that uh, or the prosperity that you might be looking for because you're giving uh, of your time or volunteering or whatever. You, you following me?
4: Yeah, I do. I right hear. Okay.
2: So um, you can tithe to if you feel like, For example, you know Eckhart Tolle? Right. Okay. Uh, If you've been moved or inspired or motivated or you felt like uh, doors were held open for you after reading something that he's written, then that would be an ideal place to tithe to, Mm -hmm. okay? Or ideal person to tithe to. It doesn't have to be a, a structure or an institution or a church. But uh, like I said about Melchizedek, he he was um, the mentor for Abraham, and so Abraham tithed to him. So whoever is around you or the, someone that you can call at any time to help you get settled with um, your spirituality, your questions, and sometimes that's necessary, of course, because... Uh, We don't know everything, you know, at all times. So I would just uh, find someone. You probably already know someone. Am I correct? Yes. Okay, well, that would be the person that you would tithe to. And Mm -hmm. uh, you will feel so rich when you do, when you allow yourself to trust. You'll feel so rich. I... I gave, um, there was someone who came to our town, uh, or nearby anyway, Orlando, and they gave a seminar, and I was not able to go. So Spirit told me to tithe to her in support of what she was doing because she was doing something that would help people to grow inside and so I did. I sent her, um, via someone who sponsored her coming, I sent her a check. And she was just, when she received it, she said, oh, she wrote this beautiful letter, and she just went on and on about, nobody has ever done this for me before, and I am truly grateful. And she said, among other things, she said, I'm going to do this for someone else. Oh, my and it just, and I'm getting like chills again here talking about it because she was so, her, her note was so beautiful and full of gratitude and she'd never had that happen before to her. And, I you know, like I said, I didn't go, but I wanted to let her know that I, I believed in what she was doing. And uh, evidently she got the message.
3: <laughs>
2: so... You understand what I'm saying about it doesn't have to be an institution or a church or whatever?
4: Right. Thank you.
2: you. Right. Mm -hmm. Okay. You're welcome.
0: How do you feel about donations and helping in the world in that regard? Uh, I feel two ways. Um, Number one, I feel like when
2: you donate, uh, and I do donate, but I, I pray about it, when you do that, are you helping them to stay? Are you enabling them to stay in the predicament that they're in, or are you helping them uh to move forward? Uh, I have a thing about um, i well, I have a thing about that, and that is uh I want to be able to help people to move on their own, like to be their own fisherman or their own fisherwoman
4: That's so not to create more like.
2: lack right exactly. If if I'm going to help support somebody to support themselves, uh, I go for that. Uh, one of the um, one of the uh, the authors I have written a book with uh, several co-authors, and it's called "Americans Saving Ourselves Together: How to Thrive in the 21st Century," which just came out. And we each of the authors we each have a charity that we feel strongly about, and we. With the sale of the books, we give a tenth, or some of them are giving 15% of uh, the sale of their copies of the book. So um, I just wanted to share that a tenth goes to um, Homes for Our Troops, for for me, from from my perspective. Homes for Our Troops, and I don't know if you ho- about know about Homes for Our Troops, but they're veterans who come back and they have no way of making a living, Uh, they're disabled in some way, and they have families. And so um, Homes for Our Troops builds new homes from the donations that people, you know, give to them, like what I do with a portion of the sale of the book. Uh, So that, I feel, is helping someone to uh, to move ahead in life, to move along and not be... uh, it gives them hope and motivation. That's great. Thank you. I... Mm-hmm. You're welcome.
1: Anybody else before we close out the call this evening?
5: I, I kind of feel silly adding this, but I it, what it triggered for me and what it made me realize is I, right now I'm in a position where I really don't have um, financial means to give, um at this time in my life, and I'm working a 12-step program, and the m- main puzzle piece in making that work in my life is the 12th step, and it's giving back what we've found. And I'm learning in there that um, you know it doesn't have to be monetary. It can just be um, giving love or an ear or just um, giving out in the world what, what you have found for peace. And I, I guess that's kind of like a tithing, I think. Um, yeah. So, I don't know, I mean, I guess that's not through a church or anything, but um, it's a way that in my soul right now I'm feeling like I'm giving back. So Mm -hmm. I I appreciate you uh, making me see that, you know, that that's important too and that that is of value.
2: Yes, okay, you're welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you all for sharing. That's great. Thank you so so much. (laughs) Mark, I want to thank you again for (laughs) having me here tonight. It was
1: very special to have you. You are an absolute inspiration um, for me personally. I love the timing of taking this energy and these reminders with me um, mm-hmm. tomorrow and the next day as I head to, to Burning Man where I will be um, interacting with and touching and sharing with so many people. Okay. And so. Um, that's a fabulous gift for me uh, from you, and um, just intense appreciation.
2: All right. And thank as
1: you. as always, thank you all for being on this call tonight, for um, sharing your energy, um, just by being here, and uh, you know reaffirming in your lives the importance of paying attention to how it works and to personal growth and and all that that means to each of us. Um, you all feed my soul and I am grateful and have unconditional love for all of you. Thank you so much for being on the call. Again, we'll take a break. We will not have a call next week but we will be back the week after on September the 9th. So I'll look forward to all of you joining us then. And until then, just remember the impact you can have on the lives of all the people that you are connected to, and it starts off by having that impact on your life. I love you all. Thank you so much for being part of this. And good well, night. Thank you, thank you.
2: Good night. Okay. Thanks for your time. Okay.
1: Thank you. Okay. Bye-bye.
2: Bye. You're welcome.